United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Dean Linky with you, wishing all of you safety and great health during this very difficult time, not just for our country, but for all of the world as we deal with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. We hope the United Soccer Coaches podcast can help you stay sharp, stay fresh, stay ready, because we are going to get through this and we come back, we're going to be better than ever. To do that, we've got four great guests today. Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches. He's got a lot of great ideas to, in fact, stay fresh, stay sharp. You'll like my visit with him. After Ian, Sean Soderling joins us. He just was named the new head coach at Brescia, at NAIA school in Kentucky. People also know him as the co-host of the wildly successful podcast called Soccer Chat. He's now doing a Skype, FaceTime, you call it whatever you want, coaches call with coaches that just want to talk during a tough time where we're all kind of going through it. At times, we're even numb, I think you can say, and trying to keep everybody fresh. We'll get his take. Bobby Puppioni, who is the girls' DA director for the St. James FC Virginia Soccer Club in Virginia. He's doing incredible things with his players, staying connected while they're not allowed to practice, and we are part of this social distancing. And then we wrap up with part four of our six part series with the faith-based coaches advocacy group led by the chair mike lynch if you remember he began back on march 3rd talking about sportsmanship and ethics march 10th we had patrick gilliam passionately talking about servant leadership last week it was great to be joined by tom gerlock talking team culture and today to end the show we're joined by jennifer myrie who's the head women's soccer coach at anderson university in indiana and she spends time talking about team care connection and commitment that is part four of six in a row with the faith-based coaches advocacy group we start with ian barker director of coaching education for united soccer coaches Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help their customers save time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to teamsnap.com slash NSCAA1. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. As you just heard from my open, we have a fantastic show for incredible guests. Last week, Lynn Burling Manuel, the CEO for United Soccer Coaches, wanted to come on with a quick message to say, hey, United Soccer Coaches, we're here for you as we deal with COVID-19, the coronavirus, the pandemic, the fact that uh, really all of us are stuck in mud at, at the moment, but how we keep on moving out of it. And she even suggested then that we should talk to Ian Barker. Mike Knipper said the same thing. And, of course, we're always pleased to talk to Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches since 2012, and Ian is kind enough to kick off our show. Ian, thanks for being with us. You're welcome, Dean. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, let's kind of start with, uh, I'll let you riff a little bit on the fact that, hey, we can still be learning, we can make the most out of a difficult situation, and United Soccer Coaches has multiple ways to do just that, right? Absolutely. It's obviously a difficult time, but I think the good side is potential opportunity to 
find different ways of engaging with coaches and, and coaches engaging with their players and also getting sort of a little bit refreshed and recharged so that when we can go back to the field, we've got maybe a little bit better prepared. So kind of a glass half full, right? So been inundated with coaches, clubs, associations saying how can we engage with our players. So I've got a couple of ideas there. I just recently had an article published in Soccer America, so I'm happy to share some of those how a coach can, can stay connected with their players. And then also providing for coaches directly. So we're going to start doing little 15-minute, twice-a-day live shows, Vince Gansberg and I, just all things soccer. So the one today at 3 p.m. Central, we're going to talk about books we read and some binge uh, soccer TV watching that we're doing. So we're going to try and do that. We still do our give-and-go technical sessions, which we're pushing out through newsletters, the online resource library, so there's a lot of content out there, and what we're trying to do is make some of that content relevant for now. So it's not just lesson plans and activities because people aren't going to be able to execute them for any number of uh, weeks or months. So it's more like, you know, what could you read? How could you improve yourself when you don't have access, direct access to your players? and connecting with their players. You just said you shared some of those ideas with Soccer America. Can you run some of those through us here, Ian? Yeah, so Mike Boitaya posted it yesterday uh, on the online and the, the regular platforms. But I came up with five quick solutions which I was familiar with, but I thought they were different. So I listed New York Red Bull, Dave Jervis and his staff have a skill of the week which they use for their affiliate programs. It's all YouTube, soccer skills, the players can watch, they can copy, it's very self-referenced, so you're, you know, you're improving against yourself, um, and they've turned that into kind of a homework. So that's a pretty standard, the coach can push out challenges to the players, and ideally you get some feedback on how they're doing. The second solution for coaches and clubs was some very simple software solutions where you can upload video footage of the players that you've had, if you've videoed them at games or in trainings, and now the players can bookmark and tag that video and put notes on it and send it back to the coach and vice versa. So there's a modest cost to that one. Given that a lot of our clubs are sitting on revenue that's generated from parents, maybe this could be a way of expressing value during this time. So some video analysis um, that can be done within the team. My colleague Vince Gansberg came up with the idea of, of the FIFA 20 game where you can go into the practice mode and you can actually start to practice, a young player can start practicing experience, different sort of technical challenges and small tactical ones. And then, of course, you can save that and you can put it into social media. Probably my favorite, an organization called kickwalls.com. And this is a guy who I recently became aware of on Twitter, uh, James Brown in Pennsylvania. And he basically put up online the instructions on how to build a kick wall for about $30, $40 with pieces of uh, lumber and stuff from a Home Depot or a Menard. And so he's got all these videos of his son using the garage door and these kick walls they've built. And it's not commercial product. It's a very much an open source content. But I thought that was wonderful. The fifth one, which is on our website, it's on my Twitter feed, I put using Quick Tactics for Academy Soccer Coach little sort of coaching scenarios and then the coach can share them with players. So if the, if the ball's here, the defender's here, where would you like the guy to run in support? And then we give them four options. So we call those quizzes. They've been quite popular as we push them out. 
Great stuff with Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, and you can check out that article with Mike Vitoya and Ian Barker as well. appreciate, though, you going one by one through all of them. I also know that um, the postponed leagues, the Euros, etc., I mean, for an avid soccer fan like you, particularly one that came over the pond and did great things over here, I know you're missing that, Ian. What's your message about all these postponed leagues? Well, I think the simple fact is, you know, we don't have live soccer, be it live in person or live on the television. And so when you get into the space of watching reruns of games, you you know the outcome. So could you find the classic games, you know, so for a lot of my British colleagues, that's probably the 1966 World Cup final where we probably got a lucky goal because there was no goal line technology. And we might find ourselves actually sort of reconnecting with the game with some of those classics. There's an interesting show, a British talk radio show. During the the radio show, they put uh, occasionally cut back to classic games, and they know the outcome, obviously, and they know the scorers. And then they have some fun predicting what's going to happen and and maybe changing the narrative. There are some wonderful things on Netflix. There's um, a great Juventus behind the scenes. There's a fantastic one on Sunderland called Sunderland Till I Die. And there's a cricket one I'm watching right now called The Test about the Australian cricket team. So very few of your listeners will know about the story. But it's the story of um, the resurrection of their sporting culture. So you don't even have to be a um, a cricket fan. It's a sports story. So I, I just think, you know, we've got to be a bit brave, get into social media, books on tape, podcasts. There's a lot more out there. And I think actually for a lot of us, we found ourselves with some time to do some of the things and, and get in touch with some of the things we've wanted to that uh, because we've been driving to training sessions and driving home from training sessions, we maybe haven't got to do. So I'm, I'm actually doing a little bit of binge TV watching and a lot more reading right now. Bouncing around, covering all topics as we always do with Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches as he leads off our show, four great guests led by Ian. And I know right now, Ian, a lot of eyes are on, even as we're, you know, sequestered on, you know, women, girls soccer right now. And I feel like you also wanted to send a message about women and girls soccer in a positive way as well. You know, there's a lot of things going up. There was one that went up the other day on Twitter, list your favorite four players of all time, and then tag four friends. And it's a great idea because tons of people got involved. But then somebody completely, because almost all of the solutions were four men, and then some male coaches and some female coaches put a list of either four women exclusively, or they put four men and four women. And I just think we need to be clear. It's interesting. So in cricket, when they have a World Cup, they state it is the Men's World Cup. It's in the byline. It's in the marketing material. Um, and then, of course, the Women's World Cup. In soccer, we tend to talk about the Champions League, the World Cup, and then there's this sort of subcategory, which is Women's Champion League and Women's World Cup. And I think we, we, can, we can continue. Maybe this is the time to do it while we're all kind of in a different space is to do a little bit better. So we need to address how we coach female athletes. We need to help women coaches get into the game, maybe coaching male athletes and not just women coaches, because probably on a crude number, if we virtually see no women coaching men, we see about 80% of the female athletes are being coached by guys. And, And maybe, you know, there's some other reasons for that, like certain female athletes will report they like being coached by male athletes or male coaches. But I think we this is, this could be a time, and there's not, there should never be a, no time for this, but we've got to continue to look at the engagement of female coaches 
and getting them into the, the female side of the game because at least half, if not more, of our athletes are females. A couple more topics with Ian Barker kicking off our show this week as uh, we're all trying to do the right thing, keep social distancing, but yet continue to improve and get coaching education, which you already touched on as well. And one of the things that you're doing, Ian, you always have, you're paying attention to social media and what's going on out there. You actually got on the coach's call. Our next guest will be Sean Soderling, who's been having multiple coaches just call, Skype, talk about how they're dealing with things, talk about ways like you already talked about to keep their players engaged. It's pretty neat what Sean and others are doing during this time, right, Coach? Yeah, it was absolutely great to connect with Sean. I think originally from Indiana, but currently in his new coaching gig in Kentucky. But he just sort of set up his own little 30-minute chats on Skype, and he just put it out there on social media. He had a lot of local coaches, some of his colleagues, and I saw it on, on Twitter, I think, and I just called him in, and he was quite happy quite excited to get, you know, a guest from somewhere he wasn't really expecting to guess, get one. So what I would suggest to everybody, you know, if you're not into Twitter, this might be the time to just be brave and get a small Twitter account or Instagram or certainly go to LinkedIn and um, check out this, all of these people doing these little pop-up social connection opportunities and maybe find one that you can actively participate in. So I know this podcast gets a lot of listeners and it get a little bit of feedback in the office about the shows and but maybe some people can now get in front of the mic or in front of the camera and it doesn't have to be in Soccer America or United Soccer Coaches or some um, or Glenn Crooks with um, the Coaching Academy on Sirius. It might be that it's just the local group of coaches. It could be just, you know, the Kansas metro area and somebody sets up an informal webinar or blog or something like that. But I I just think this is a great time to not just listen, but maybe to be contributing to the conversation. And in addition to contributing, you can also continue to learn. And I certainly think United Soccer Coaches, as I often say, the great unifier, but everything you've done to really make us relevant with e-learning, the education doesn't need to stop while we deal with this coronavirus. Your final comments just about what United Soccer Coaches is doing to help coaches continue to get that education during this downtime. Absolutely. So there are some of us that are lucky enough to still be on salaries. So we're not, other than our stock market contributions, which are plummeting, we've still got disposable income. So it might be that you invest in some of your learning. But certainly what we're concerned about at United Soccer Coaches is that a lot of coaches have lost revenue. So we've put up more of our content in front of the membership wall, so it's completely free. You can go to our website, unitedsoccercoaches.org. You can sign up for a trial membership for free and access a ton of content, which uh, previously we've had behind the membership wall. So we're trying to give more content out there, so a little philanthropic, if you will, but really an engagement. And hopefully when when things settle, we'll, we'll acquire more members from it and full-paid members and people, you know, interacting with us on a commercial basis. But this is probably not the time to be charging a lot of money for products to fill people's time. So we put more stuff out on a complimentary basis. My Twitter feed, we're putting a lot of stuff up. I work with a lot of people like Smedley's, uh, Don Harlan, and we're always sharing open-source content. So I, I hope that a lot of coaches will get out to a lot of this content right now that's in that open source space, be it video, be it podcast, be it lesson planners, books, downloadable manuals, maybe even some diploma or licensing courses. And uh, again, keep yourself busy around the game 
uh, even if you're sitting in your pajamas. <laughs> well said, Ian Barker, who, by the way, looks good in pajamas, I'm sure. Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, got a great show today. What a great kickoff. Ian, thanks so much for being with us. Dean, it's always a pleasure, and I hope everybody stays safe, and I hope we're out in the field sooner than later. Okay, you heard Ian Barker talk about Sean Soderling. He is the co-host of the podcast Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo, who both been on the program before, and he was just hired as the head women's soccer coach at Brescia University, an NAIA school in Owensboro, Kentucky, just across the line from Indiana, so he doesn't even have to move. You'll hear me talk about that as my geography not so good, even though I'm from Ohio. Sean Soderling started the coach's call, FaceTime or Skype 30-minute calls, as you heard about, and Sean Soderling, all about positive messaging. He'll make you smile, and he's next. Being a coach means being a lot of things. Mentor, teacher, role model, motivator, leader, organizer. Of course, it's not easy to be all of those things. You need help, and who better to help you than an association of fellow coaches. Membership with United Soccer Coaches includes access to over $500 worth of e-learning courses, an improved online resource library with more than 1,000 activities, session plans and articles, $1 million worth of liability insurance, and a whole lot more. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org join and start your free 30-day introductory membership today. United Soccer Coaches, your association for all things coaching. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Step. We thank Ian Barker for kicking it off, talking about ways to stay active during this time as we deal with COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic that's affecting our country and putting us all at a standstill. Great ideas from Ian Barker. And one guy that everybody's excited about in the soccer community, they haven't for a long time because if you like podcasts and hope you like mine, you'll definitely like Soccer Chat, the job that Nick Rizzo and Sean Soderling have done in now three years with Soccer Chat. It's a great podcast. They were right next to us at Podcast Row. Well, Sean Soderling, first of all, big news for him. He was just hired as the head women's soccer coach at Brescia University. That's an NAIA school in Owensboro, Kentucky. Sean, let's start with that. Congratulations, by the way, on being named the head coach. Well, thank you very much for that. Obviously, crazy time. You get the job, you want to go to work, and now it's like, what? hang on. And we hope that doesn't mean soccer chat is going to go away. We'll get to that. In the meantime, you developed this coach's call, FaceTime with Skype, 30-minute calls. Yeah, where you bounce ideas off and talk about planning for your upcoming spring postseason. And also, I think, if you're honest with me, Sean, a way to kind of put our mind at ease or maybe even forget about what we're dealing with. The coach's call. Talk about this little extra addition you've made, Sean, because – People are paying attention. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really been kind of crazy. I, I wasn't expecting the response that it got, which I also really set low standards for myself anytime I do something. But, uh, you know, I just thought during this time, like, there's coaches who probably want to bounce ideas off of someone or just being able to have someone to talk to during this time. I thought to myself, like, hey, like, I've got a platform. You know, I'm not the end-all, be-all, or know-it-all, but, you know, I'd be – I want to try to lend a helping hand as much as I can. So I just said, hey, you know, any coaches that want to call, 
whether it's FaceTime, Skype, Google Hangout, whatever it may be, you know, if you want somebody to talk to you 30 minutes to an hour, I, I'll talk to you. Let me, uh, let me be your soundboard. Bounce your ideas off of me. Um, and maybe, maybe there's something that I can add to it. And so I, I just put it out there, and within the, the first day that we were doing the calls, I mean, I had 12 calls that day. Um, and there, some of them were people I knew, some of them were people I didn't know. And as it's gone on, it's gotten kind of more and more, I don't want to use the word popular, but more coaches are reaching out. I just actually got off the phone with a staff um, up in South Dakota um, who reached out to me late last night and was like, hey, we've heard through the grapevine about this call. This call. love to get on with you. And I just got to talk with them. I've met so many coaches that I've, I've never heard of their schools. I, you know, I, I've not heard of them, and it's been so cool meeting new coaches. And actually, Ian, who was just on before me, uh, Ian was someone who reached out and wanted to do a call. And I was in the middle of a call with a friend of mine, and I was like, my phone just said a notification. I have a direct message from Ian Barker. Why in the world is Ian Barker direct messaging me? And so I got on there, and he was like, hey, you know, I want to do one of the calls. I'd, I'd love to chat with you. And I got to talk to Ian. I actually recorded his call, because all of them have been private. I actually recorded his call and he mentioned he said you know one thing I love about what you're doing he said think about the coach who just moved somewhere they don't know anybody their their only friends are the team or the parents of the team they have no one to bounce ideas off with he's like you're giving them that someone to talk to and I just I never even thought about that side until so many coaches I talked to that said yeah you know I sit in this apartment by myself I don't have anybody to talk to you know now I've got someone I can bounce ideas off with and it's just been so cool hearing everyone has a different story of what they're dealing with right now and hearing how everyone's going through those through the time that we all are. Uh, it's, it's just been so cool to hear and I'm glad to be able to share that with, with people and, and let them have someone to talk to you at this time. Hey man, I feel your spirit. So how can people go back and listen to some of these? Do they disappear into the ether of the world or, or are they accessible, Sean? So I just did, um, we did a big call the other night where I just said, hey, let's get a bunch of coaches on and, and talk. Um, we did record that one. Uh, that will be coming out pretty soon, episode of Soccer Chat. So like I said, I did the one with, with Ian Barker um, where I recorded his call just because it was so good talking to him. But the others have been like the, the FaceTimes have been private. I don't want to disrespect anyone. If people do want to uh, record something, you know, I, I will record it, and, and we can put those out. But for right now, it's just uh, – I, I wouldn't call it like an accountability thing, but just kind of – um, more of like a, a check-in, you know, I, I just want to know how everybody's doing and, and how they're getting through this and maybe what they're doing can help me out or maybe what I'm doing can help them out. We're here with Sean Satterling. He's the co-host with Nick Rizzo of Soccer Chat. He was just named the head women's soccer coach at Brescia University and NAIA school in Owensboro, Kentucky. You do a little research on Sean, and this is what it says about him, which I think really is a good tipping point toward why he's doing the coach's call. Obviously, you know he's now the new head women's soccer coach at Brescia, but his coaching experience ranges from youth club to college, both men and women. And Sean says this, quote, that he's the type of coach that goes above and beyond to build a sustainable program that is not only successful, but also produces quality individuals. Sean Soderling intensely builds buy-in and a positive culture. His strategy and tactics have been proven successful and you know what i'm feeling that i'm feeling that with the coaches call and with you doing this those aren't just words you you live by that don't you yeah i just uh you know i'm very blessed to grow up with uh the support system that i had as my family and my my family from my great-grandmother to my grandfather 
um, has always went above and beyond for others. And they, they've always, they, they always taught me growing up is that, you know, what you give to this world is what you're going to get out of it. And that's something that I, I just, I believe in it wholeheartedly. Um, I know if I, my wife had posted something the other night about, uh, she's always in amazement of how big my heart is for other people. And, and I just, I, I just want to do what I can to, to help others. And, um, my, my grandfather was a Southern gospel recording artist and one of his top songs that he ever sang and, and was always most requested at his concerts was a song that he sang called If I Can Help Somebody. And that's just always been in my mind as, as a kid. It's still in my mind to this day. I, I can still hear him singing that song in his, his bass voice. And uh, during this time period, uh, that, that, was, that was something that stuck out to me was how can I help? What assistance can I be to people who may not have assistance? Or what, what can I be to staff or, or coaches who um, are needing help with, with how to get through this time? Maybe they don't, you know, I've, if you've seen what we've been doing online for our team of, of scavenger hunts on Fridays and, and different various things I've been doing with my team to, to keep them active, you know, maybe these are ideas that I can give to these coaches and let them use for their team and, and try to keep everything uh, all together and, and, and try to make it as, close to normal as possible. I mean, obviously what we're living right now is not normal by any stretch of the means, but if we can try to make it as close to normal as possible for our players and for our coaches, we're going to get through this like like nothing ever happened. We're going to look back and say, man, you know, that, that three weeks or that month that we had off, you know, that was so great for us because it was allowing us to step back and look at the big picture and, and realize what special special time we've got in front of us and, and the time that we're going to have together as a program and and just build upon that and it's, it's only going to make us stronger if we're going to we're going to get through this and it's just going to make us stronger for the spring for the fall for the summer uh you know we're going to every team every club is, is going to be stronger because of this well said and hopefully it is only that length of time three weeks a month and maybe a little longer but i think we all want to get through it after your visit we'll hang out with bobby puppioni who is the girls academy director for the st james fc virginia and he talked about all the things he's doing to keep his team engaged exactly kind of what you're doing now now look your wife is right you do have this enormous heart enormous i wonder about how enormous your bandwidth is going to be are you still going to be able to do soccer chat now that you're moving to kentucky and nick rizzo is in what state where's nick he's he's in near chicago near chicago i mean technology right you guys will still be able to connect on on all of that, right? And 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 then, what do you think about? I mean, I guess the coaches' call is kind of a a branch of soccer chat, right? As as we move forward, I feel like this enormous heart. As long as you have the bandwidth, you're going to keep on spreading a good word, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, I'm very fortunate. Uh, so I live in, in Evansville, Indiana, and Brescia is probably about 40 minutes from my house. So there was really no moving involved, which was kind of one of the one of the decisions of of my family. Of, that's where I need to go. I also when I got to uh, to interview and meet the team, you know, I just I, I felt a tug in my heart, and someone told me after I walked out of the meeting uh, of the team before my interview, and it, you know, he just said, you know, dude, this is the way you're supposed to be. These, these players need you. This program needs you. Um, and so we were very, very blessed to, to be able to, to be a part of this program, and, and we're excited about where it's heading. But you know, um, you know, Nick and I have done everything uh, over the internet. Uh, we still joke with people. We've only hung out together in person. Probably, I think it's eight times we're at right now in the last <laughs> few years. And I know that uh, when I got the job, so many people were worried about soccer chat, and I was like, man, like. Soccer chat's not going anywhere. We're just going to be able to record earlier in the day now. Uh, we normally wait till about 
9 o'clock when my entire family is asleep. I know nobody's going to bother me, but uh, now with this, this job, we're going to be able to record during the day. Um, you know, the, the coach's call, I mean, I guess it could be a, a, a brand new soccer chat. It was just something that I, I just wanted to do. Um, I, you know, we can definitely expand upon it. I'm very lucky, like, right now my family is visiting my in-laws on their spring break, so I'm at home by myself. So it, it coaches call gives me someone to talk to as well. And um, I kind of told my wife that when they get back, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of friends that I've got to talk to uh, throughout mm-hmm. the day. So I hope to keep it continuing as long as as long as coaches want to do it. I really had only planned to do it just last week and maybe some of this week, but it's just been so welcoming and, and so blessing um, that coaches have want me, wanted me to keep going there. Coaches have said, "Hey, can I do this every week with you at this time?" And I was like, "Absolutely! Like whatever, whatever works for you. I, I, I want to do." And so I, uh, I, I'm just really excited about it. I want to thank you all for for having me on. I know that uh, United Soccer Coaches had had shared uh, the link out uh, where I put where coaches can sign up at um, and, and and get a schedule. I hate like one of my friends sent me a text. He's like, "Are you too big time for me to call you now?" He's like, "Do I got to schedule a meeting?" And I was like. No, man. I was like, not even like that. I said, this is, that's just for my sanity for people who want to do the coach's call. My friends can still call me anytime they want. But for me, it's just, it's just a way to kind of keep things in order. So I don't want it to seem like it's like a, a, a big-headed type thing. But, you know, I, I just I, I love talking to you. I, I refer to all the coaches as the good brothers and good sisters because we're all trying to, to do what we can for these kids, whether they're, they're little itty-bitties or they're these grown almost adults uh, in college. You know, we're, we're all the good brothers and sisters. We're, we're fighting a good fight, and we're trying to make our kids the best that we can make them, uh, soccer and outside of soccer. And, and like I said, the coaches call. However long people want to do it, I'm, I'm here for it, man. The bandwidth is big. I got the, I got the biggest Internet package in my city, so uh, whatever I can do, what, however I can use it, I, I'm all for it. Big heart, big bandwidth. We need that. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, of course, it, t- it takes just a country bumpkin from Ohio that borders Indiana and Kentucky that would make an assumption that all of a sudden you're 500 miles away and you're only, you're only 40 minutes away. So it figures yeah. that uh, Bronco from Ohio would mess that up, Sean. All right, well. Please tell us. We know soccer chat. I think still every Wednesday night, right? Is that still yes, the time? Sir. And then yes, also, I know that you, as you said, United Soccer Coaches put out the link. But uh, tell everybody how they can connect with you on the coaches' call, Sean. Uh, yeah. So the coaches' call. I have a link. If you go to my Twitter account, it's at Coach Soderling. That's S O D E R L I N G. Um, I have it uh, on there where you can go on and sign up. Uh, there's a Google link. Uh, on there to a scheduler where you can just go on and, and sign up or if that's I know some people have had a difficulty with it just shoot me a direct message uh, and we'll get to I can get to sign up for it um, soccer chat it's a, it's a Twitter chat every single Wednesday night uh, at uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern or I'm sorry 8.30 p.m. Eastern time you know you can just go on you can answer questions you can ask questions uh, we, we have last week we think we set the record for the most coaches we had on on a Wednesday night um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, 930 p.m. Eastern time. I was right. I, I don't even know what day it is because I've been stuck in my house. Um, but it's at 930 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. Uh, we had over 50 coaches last Wednesday night. Um, and, and we want even more this upcoming Wednesday. We want more the following Wednesday. Uh, just follow the hashtag soccer chat. Uh, we are also available on all platforms at chat soccer, S-O-C-C-R, because apparently people who bought or who have the, uh, Soccer Chat title, don't use it on any of their social media, so we had to go with that one. Um, we have a podcast that drops every Thursday morning 
Uh, I know, like, the one that we did this past week with uh, Bobby Puppioni and John Lipset, we actually put that one out on Wednesday because I felt like it was such a a good show and it was so informative that we needed to get it out a little bit early. So I'll give uh, I'll give presents out a little bit er- uh, early if we got to, but uh, the podcast drops everywhere on Thursdays. Uh, the soccer chat is on Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and if anyone has any questions about the coaches' calls, uh, we actually on um, – uh, we, we just set up, we're going to do club coaches calls, college coaches calls, high school, middle school coaches calls, uh, where all those coaches are all going to come together. We're going to have a big, big call on Skype. Uh, we've got those in the next coming weeks that people can sign up for. Um, and so just follow, uh, follow Chat Soccer, S-O-C-C-R, for all that information. And, and obviously, you know, reach out to me if there's anything that I can do to help out anyone who's listening to this. All right, finally, we'll let Ian know that you sent your best to him as well. As I mentioned, Bobby Puppioni is following you. And then we're going to end with part four of our six-part series with the Faith-Based Coaches Advocacy Group that it's kind of, you know, I guess coincidental, God works in mysterious ways that we decided to do this long before we knew that we were going to be dealing with this pandemic. And today we're going to hear from Jennifer Myrie, who is the women's soccer coach at Anderson University in Indiana, probably not that far from you. Again, clear, I don't know my geography, but her message <laughs> It's about two hours. Team care. Yeah, there you go. Team care, connection, and commitment. And at the end of the day, all of their messages about positive mentality, which you always carry, Sean. So just as we wrap up, one more message about how important it is to have a positive mentality right now, Sean. Oh, man. One of my uh, one of my good friends, Molly Grisham, uh, who I know a lot of people listen to this, has probably had her come and speak to their team. She said something to me that uh, um, a long, long time ago that has always stuck with me, and it said, uh, uh, love changes people, people change culture. And I truly believe that uh, with a positive mindset, uh, you know, you can do anything. I, I, I want if anybody's listening to this and they're, they're taking anything in, uh, you know, you you got to be positive because there's someone who needs you to be positive for them. Uh, and the more positive you are, the more you believe in that, uh, people are going to believe in you. So just build everything off of love, trust, and belief. And and we're like you said, we're going to get through this. Uh, we're going to look back years from now and laugh about it uh, and, and think about how uh, you know what it was like being cooped up at home for for however many uh, weeks that we are. and um, But, man, we're going to get through this. And, and if, uh, for whatever reason, if you don't believe that we're going to get through this, reach out to me, reach out to someone, uh, and, and, and ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help in anything uh, because there's a lot of coaches out there uh, and a lot of people like United Soccer Coaches, like Dean, uh, like Bobby who, who's coming on and like Ian who was on earlier. You know, we all want to help whoever we can. And, and just don't be afraid to ask. Sean Soderling, Soccer Chat, and now the Coach's Call, which is going viral, and it's helping so many people. Sean, when I say my face hurts, that means I'm smiling from ear to ear. You've made my face hurt in the best way, Sean. You always do. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for what you're doing with Coach's Call, Soccer Chat, and you know what? Knock them dead at Brescia University. I know you will. Yes, sir. That's uh, that's the plan. We're, we're gonna we're gonna try to shock the world next year. <laughs> All right, I love it. As he already said, Bobby Puppioni up next. Natty Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by. 
Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. I want to thank Ian Barker for getting us up to speed on some ways to stay active as we're all dealing with this COVID-19 coronavirus and kind of the social distancing and kind of the things we're missing and the things that we can do even while we're missing them. I also want to thank Sean Soderling for his unique perspective on reaching out to coaches, just talking to them, keeping them active, keeping them engaged. And we're going to continue the theme with Bobby Puppioni, who's the girls' DA director for the St. James FC Virginia program. And, Bobby, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting with you. I think this show is important because, you know, we need to continue to find out ways to keep our spirits lifted, keep people busy and active, and hopefully this will pass like they're talking about, and we'll get back out there doing what we do, playing soccer and and coaching and and grooming young women, in your case, and young men as well, and and just, you know, making this world a better place through the passion and love of soccer. So with that, I wanted to have you on, Bobby, because I know you've been doing some pretty cool things during this downtime. Go ahead and tell us uh, what uh, some of the things that are going on with TSAFC Virginia. Yeah, I think uh, the first thing is definitely making sure that people and we remember that uh, the game is a people business and not in a business I'm talking about money but it's just about people and before we get into soccer and activities and at home things it's really important that us as coaches and club leaders remember that these players are people first so we need to be checking on them and their families and making sure that you know they're doing okay and their well-being is is okay because we know this is a tough time and it's hitting families differently in a variety of ways, whether it's the actual pandemic itself, it could be financially, it could be jobs, it could be loved ones or friends or relatives. And so it's important that we as soccer people check on them and and make sure they're doing okay as people and we're there to offer any support, whether it's, you know, just a simple phone call or a FaceTime or a team group chat, um, you know, that you get everyone on a video conference and, and just see their faces and and just chat with them there. So I think that's the first um, thing for sure is that we just remind people that um, it's a people business and we, we need to check on our players and their well-being. And, and we also need to do that the same with our coaches. They're people with families and loved ones and everyone that might be affected by this in, in one way or another. So we must check on them. And, and once we have that connection and people continue to know that we care about the person first, we can continue to develop the player and develop the coach. So um, that's something that we've been doing is obviously checking in with our families and checking in with um, our coaches to make sure they're okay because we feel that's extremely important. After we've done that and, and continue to do that throughout this whole process and afterwards, uh, we're definitely offering a variety of different things. One of the things we've been doing for almost two years now, though, has been using the Techni football app from Yael Averbush. She's a former pro and national team player, um, and she's developed a skills app that um, – offers different skills and time trials and mental training. And now she's going to add some body weight exercises in there as well for players to log on and try to um, you know, replicate the skills and drills that are being offered on there. And it tracks their time and tracks their um, time logged as well. 
and they get a chance to work on their skills at home when we can't be in a more formal training environment. Uh, this is an app that we've been using for, for two years now. It's been great, and so it's obviously going to be coming quite in handy um, now that we are dealing um, with this coronavirus pandemic um, that we're going through. So that's one of the uh, first things that we're doing. Another thing that we've been using is been using Google Forms, and we've been coming up with different little quizzes and tactical image assignments and self-reflection um, questions for the players to, to look at. And, you know, then they fill in their answers, and it correlates all their answers into a Google Sheet for us coaching staff. And then we can follow up with them about their answers and the reflection to learn a little bit about more what they're thinking in the game. We've also sent a video of women's national team and men's national team and pro games so they can watch those. And then we, you know, get feedback from them, and we're sharing um, ideas about what they learned from those games and players that stood out to them and why. And that's allowing them to sit there and analyze the game and get more out of it because we can't be with them on the field to ask questions and engage them and increase their soccer IQ that way. So we have to find other ways to increase their soccer IQ in a more informal setting. And the use of Google Forms, which is free, and YouTube, which is free, it allows our players to then, uh, you know, deal with um, the tactical questions that they may be getting in a regular practice there at home. So that's another thing that we're using. We're also um, using, you know, the go-to meeting and Zoom meeting functions where you can have video conferences and our players can then all get on and we can see their faces and we're chatting about how they're doing as people first and then we're encouraging them and motivating them to continue to work with the ball at their own. And with that, you know, the girls are and, and boys are sending in skill shots and, and videos from working at home and they've even done, you know, a couple of the juggle circles where one player juggles kicks it out of the screen and a teammate catches it in a different screen obviously at their house and they juggle a few times and it passes along so that's another way we're doing it our goalkeepers have a cool one that they're going to put out this week and then we're also going into you know finding ways to make training at home continue to be fun so we've come up with a bingo card where they you know have to get blackout on a bingo card and we give them different activities on there and we're also going to look into other fun games to keep training at home fun and motivating, but still keeping them touch the ball because we want to get them to have a sense of normalcy and comfort during this time. Because a lot of people are scared and worried, and, and we don't know um, the full end of this yet. But if we can provide them with something that they love, which is a game of soccer, hopefully we can really encourage them and motivate them and give them some type of comfort during this time. Indeed, we are scared and worried, and it's definitely not a great situation. I, I would call it a bad situation, but like you said, taking a bad situation and making it good. As you're breaking down all those things you're doing, I almost feel like a lot of those can remain relevant even after we are back and we are through this and we are moving on. This notion of doing these extra things and using the app from Yael, who I've got great respect for, known her forever, the idea of you know, analyzing games, we might as well keep that going when we, when everything gets back to normal, right, Bobby? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, learning from the game and watching is such an important tool. And um, unfortunately, you know, across the country, I don't think enough people watch the game. Um, I know that they have other things going on, of course, but um, we'd love for them to watch the game more. And so hopefully during this time, they're, they're going to use it to uh, find a little bit extra time to watch the game. And hopefully that then carries over into their normal routine once we get past this uh, pandemic that we're facing. So uh, love watching the game, love when our players watch it and share their feedback and notes or just hearing them even at training uh, before the pandemic broke out 
Uh, we had girls that are saying, got to get home quick because the national team game starts in, in 20 minutes. And I love to hear that. And I want to hear more of that from our boys and girls players because it's only going to help them develop an even uh, greater passion for the game and also get better uh, in the game. Because you have this platform now on this podcast to even be bigger than just the youth level to talk to all of our coaches about making sure that uh, they stay engaged with their players. What would be your message to coaches at all levels on how to deal with this difficult time, Bobby? Yeah, I think there's a couple things. First and foremost, like I said at the beginning, is check on check on each other, check on the players and families, and remember that they're people and they're going through this, and just provide that uh, helping hand or listening ear to let them know you're there for them. And, and it could be anything, just Sometimes they just need to get something off their shoulders, and so chatting with them is a great way to uh, just let them know that you're there and you still care because that's important. And when people are cared for and they know they have someone they can go to, uh, they're definitely more motivated and they just feel better about themselves, and we want to find ways to bring positivity to everyone. So as coaches, I think we can help do that because we're definitely mentors and leaders, and we can be looked up to in a positive way by doing that, and I think that's so important. Uh, Besides that, I think it's important for the coaches to then – check in with the players and encourage them to keep touching the ball and trying new things and sending out different creative opportunities for them to get involved with the game. I know one of the things that we're going to be adding is working with Sports Lab 360, and they have these video lessons and quizzes that players can uh, look at and and guide through, and and it gets them thinking about the game and learning about the game. So that's another resource, and they have some free stuff that's available to people as well. And just finding different resources to stay engaged with your teams because, again, that normalcy, I think, is going to go a long way with the players because, you know, during the day, they enjoy going to school in some shape or form, right? But they're really excited about coming to training. And, you know, if we can give them that same sense of, you know, being looking forward to something and being excited about training, even during an abnormal time, you know, it's going to go a long way with these players. And then the last thing for me with the coaches is uh, – or the last two things for me is, one – um, you know, use this time for personal development. There's lots of uh, podcasts like these. There's webinars that are free. There's online sessions. There's books to read. There's a lot of different things where they can grow and, and help them become a better coach. You know, United Soccer Coaches uh, member clubs have the opportunity to do e-learning courses for free and use that great resource and all the things that USC is putting out and make that, you know, a continued part of, of, of your daily life even after this. And then the final thing, and not to be last, but the final thing is, um, you know, enjoy time with your family. You know, us coaches work abnormal hours, you know, with stuff at night and weekends, and we may not always get to sit down at a dinner table at 6.30 and have dinner with our families um, every day of the week. Let's do that. Let's find ways to spend extra time with our families and teach the kids different things, cook together, um, watch a cool soccer show on Netflix or whatever it may be, spend some extra time with family that you normally don't get to do as often, and let's just make sure we're doing that, but obviously doing that in a safe way in and around your home and not getting out. Only a good old Italian by the name of Bobby Puppioni would throw and cook together. I love that as well, Bobby. Yeah. We close it. <laughs> pandemic, no pandemic. United Soccer Coaches has always been the great unifier. What has the organization meant to you? Yeah, I mean, I've been a member for more than 10 years. Um, I think coming up on 15, i got to check my uh, my registration there. But um, it's been a great thing. love going to the convention, love networking with different coaches. Uh known Ian Barker for, for more than 10 years now as well and always enjoyed our conversations, as well as the great coaching staff and all the people in the advocacy groups 
and the vendors and coaches and, and everything. You know, we had a great chance to be a part of it this past year um, in Baltimore because it's so close by to us, only an hour and ten minutes away, that we have players go participate in sessions and take part in the different things that were going on there. So that was great as well. And it's just been a great network to improve as a coach um, improve me as a person as well and given people an opportunity just to, to grow a deeper love for the game and got to see some great cities as well because of the different courses and uh, different conventions that are being held throughout the year. And it's great just to know you have a resource there whenever you want to go to it and, and get something new. Speaking of great resources, you've been a great resource today on this podcast. If people want to email you with more questions on how you were able to get your team engaged during this time where everybody's kind of standing still can you share your email quick as we close yeah i mean i think the best way probably would to catch me on twitter because there's too many vowels and letters in my name for email so um the best way on twitter just go at b-o-b-b-y-p-u-p so at bobby pup is the best way to catch me on twitter and then if you go to our club's website fcvirginia.com you can also find my contact information on there. So reach out, here to help, here to support. We're all in this together as coaches. We can beat this together. But take care of yourselves, everyone, and stay safe and stay at home, and, and let's get through this. What a great message from Bobby Puppioni, and what a great lead-in to our fourth edition of our time with the Faith-Based Coaches Advocacy Group as their message very similar to Bobby's. Bobby, thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Okay, and speaking of our six-part series with the Faith-Based Coaches Advocacy Group led by Mike Lynch, when we return, we'll hear from Jennifer Myrie. She's the head women's soccer coach, and she's assistant athletic director, and she's the senior women's administrator at Anderson University in Indiana. Jennifer Myrie will talk about team care, connection, and commitment to wrap up our show. Jennifer Myrie, after this message. Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents. Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. If you've been listening the last several weeks, hopefully you've enjoyed our six-part series with the Faith-Based Coaches Advocacy Group led by their chair, Mike Lynch. He kicked off the first of six by talking about sportsmanship and ethics. A few weeks ago, we had Patrick Gilliam passionately talking about servant leadership. Last week, how about Tom Gerlach and the job that he did breaking down team culture, and as promised, this week we're joined by Jennifer Myrie. She's the head women's soccer coach, she's an assistant AD, and she's the senior women's administrator at Anderson University in Indiana, and she is going to be talking about team care, connection, and commitment. Jennifer, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dean. I really appreciate it and excited to share more, and thanks for the United Soccer Coaches for allowing us to have this platform just to share and connect. Yeah, we love it. I've enjoyed every second of it. Before we get into Team Care Connection and Commitment, a little plug, though, for Anderson University in Indiana. Tell us about that school and what makes it special. Yeah, we're a Division III NCAA school in Anderson, Indiana, about an hour north of Indianapolis. Small Christian school, about 13, 1,400 students. I really feel like the sense of community just brought me to Anderson. We talk about players and like student athletes here, names, not a number, and how we're just 
preparing them for the game of life through playing the game that they love. And I'm pretty for our team, our slogan is one passion, one team, one purpose. Just the passion of the play, being a team and family both on and off the field, and the purpose of whatever you do when it's excellence and for the glory of God, and so how the soccer can just be part of that. All right, indeed. Let's get right into it. I'm excited about this topic, team care, connection, and commitment. So with that, how does team care, connection, and commitment impact a program and why is it so important? I know last week Tom talked a lot about culture and just building on his great point. See that these three C's are sort of like the glue that holds like a team's culture together. If you think about it, you can have like the great pillars of bricks of your culture, your values, but individually even if you're just stacked up, they can be like knocked down sort of easily and just sort of disassemble in that sense. And so what I've seen and experienced, I think that the best programs who prepare the players for the game of life are intentional about caring, connecting, and committing to each other in a greater purpose, and that's like I talked like that glue that really holds those pillars and bricks together for the program. First looking at, I know, the idea of like care, I feel like it's the idea of like what's your why, what's the purpose or passion that drives or motivates you, and when I was in grad school, there was a great quote that really hit home for me one day, and it was the idea, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If people care and love what they're really doing, anything is possible. You know, if you care about something, you're going to be all invested. You're going to stretch. You're going to have a relentless, like, strive to improve, to give your best, and look how to, like, bring out the best in others. As a group of, like, faith-based coaches, we stress not only about caring about soccer, but the person, the players. You get to heard me a couple times the idea of, like, the both-ands concept, where you know, both are important. The person, the player, the team, the success, the culture – it's all those things together that really sort of catapults programs and takes them to like that next level. And so we believe like to truly impact lives, you must care about all the details, all the people, and all the aspects surrounding the game, not only on the field but off the field as well. Going back to team care, this idea like me and Julie like truly loving each other. There was a model at Messiah we talked about where I played on that, playing the game we love for the girls we love for God we love. And if Christ calls us to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so as a team, how are we truly loving one another to, like, sacrifice and serve? And that means, like, giving your best, preparing on and off the field, even if it's, like, picking up the equipment. How are you doing, like, the extra? You know, if you need to work on your extra touch, or if you need to just do, like, extra phone call to check in with someone. It's really going above and beyond where it's easy to be average, but what's, like, the idea of extraordinary? What's that extra stuff that you're really, like, I'm all in, I just want to be there, give your best. Even extending beyond that, I think the care touches all those that are affected in your program. And so how are you caring for those who serve as, you know, your assistant coaches, your managers, your athletic trainers, strength coaches, you know, even those bus drivers, officials, fans. I think that separates sort of that next level type of a program is that truly care is not just what we do, but how we do it as a whole team. Are we on the same page of being in together, sticking together through the thick and thin, no matter what life brings about. And especially with this time right now with the coronavirus, like that care of are we caring for each other, just checking in, seeing how each other are doing. We might be separated, but let's still stay, you know, that care and commitment and connection that we'll talk about later that brings us all together. And ultimately the idea of care is it's important that, this love for the game and care for each other is like we talk about space-based coaches being unconditional, meaning your love for the game and for each other is, like, not based on circumstances. It's, you know, if you're all in, if you're on our team, we're going to care for you. If you're playing all the time or if you're not getting a lot of time, if we're winning, if we're losing, you've got to care no matter what. And I think that's really 
you know, it's just looking from a trajectory of being steady, being consistent. If players know that they're cared for no matter what, they're going to have this sort of freedom and joy, and which Tom echoed as well. And that's what we really want to foster in our program is can we just go out there and just play free to enjoy the game, to love others. Perfect. Let's move to connection. Jennifer, take it away. The great aspect about soccer is that it's a team sport, and you can't do it alone. Thus, you have to care about each other, care about what you're doing, but you also got to connect. And connection starts before you step on the field on game day. To connect means there's a unifying purpose that really brings people together. Yes, there's a love for a game, but what I experience is that it's more than, than that to really have an impact. As faith-based coaches, in regards to our program at Christian States, it's that additional layer which extends beyond the game itself and provides another degree of like intentionality and in just playing the game. If it's about just connecting on the field once the game's over, there's not much after that. For those programs that connect beyond the field or something that really unifies them, it's connecting the heart and soul for a stronger heartbeat, a deeper connection where we talk about soccer doesn't define us, but it's something that refines us to be better people, players, and sisters in Christ. And the second layer, I think it's the deeper one where it's right. In the tough times, it's more than just a game. It's more than it's soccer. It's like how are we impacting people and taking them to that next level because the game's not going to last forever, but hopefully your impact and what they're learning throughout the game will be for the rest of their life. And it's important to remember that each individual is unique too. And so as a coach, like how am I connecting to understand how is this player motivated or knowing that all right, this is going on in their life and then how can I help and connect them in that way? And so the more that not only as coaches we connect, but the players themselves connect to each other, there's going to be that tighter bond. And typically the closer a team is off the field, they're going to be close on the field. This pinpoint of, all right, yeah, we're here, but once we leave the field, are we staying connected? Are we checking in? I'm going to check in going, because I care for you, and now it's that second layer of now we're staying linked, not only from the game day, but in the off season, even beyond. What I love about the college game, too, is that connection isn't just four years, but it goes beyond. I love having alumni being connected, hear how they're doing, and having them even connect back to the team and inspire them and hear from their stories, their memories, both on the field and off the field. And it's those threads that sort of is the lifeline of programs where it's not just, all right, you're here and you're done, but those connections later on. I think all coaches in general love to hear from their alumni just, all right, this is what I've learned, this is what I've taken away, and just seeing that really how soccer helps them in their life right now and just their families. Yeah, so we talked about care, we talked about connection, and then the idea is just commitment is. It's easy to have care and connection at the beginning of the season. Everyone's excited, ready to go. But the long term is that's where the commitment factor comes in is our week one, by the end of week 12, are we still staying connected? Are we still staying caring? Are we reaching out to each other? What I've seen and experienced is those teams that have success on off the field who have those connections of alumni really have the commitment and they're all bought in and so you can tell a team that really values commitment where if you're watching a game they're all standing up they're here and they're excited it doesn't matter if they're losing if they're winning they're like okay we're going to finish strong we're going to finish well because i love you and because i'm connected with you i'm going to do whatever i can to study the course um, and be committed for the entirety of the program and beyond there. All right, Jennifer, great job breaking down team care, connection, and commitment. Now, what are some ways, Coach, to foster this throughout the year, in season and out of season? I think in the care aspect, I think it really starts with the coach. We talked about being that servant leader, setting the example. And so personally, you can't just talk about care. You've got to demonstrate and show it. And so 
personally, um, even with like our coaching staff, we talk about we we got to be most prepared for practices, for games. Um, we got to be given our all, setting the tone, and really demonstrating, reaching out to the team and serving them. And so I think from a care, how do you foster this through in-season and out-of-season? Daily modeling is okay. What do I want for my team? And then how am I displaying that? Because I think actions speak a lot more than words. We can talk about it all day, but then until we actually see an example of it, that's when they're really going to say, okay, this is important, this is what I see, and they're going to care about each other in return. And it's also important to remember, like, do you care for them just as players and what they can do or for who they are and helping them to be their best? And so caring extends you know, beyond just the soccer. Are you checking in about their academics, about their personal growth, supporting them through challenges or, like, celebrating different victories, personal best on a fitness test no matter what the level is? Um, are you celebrating that? If it's someone's first goal or just had a great practice, um, but those celebrations and shout-out, I think, go a long way with just caring for each other um, and showing that it's beyond the field what's important. And then on the flip side, I think that then extends to, okay, on the field, they're looking for those ways to, to you know, pick each other up to really show that they care. I mean, you're going to work for someone a lot harder when you know that they're all in and giving the best, the idea of iron sharpens iron and pushing each other to be the best that they can. Especially right now with, you know, caring, it's already checking in, um, it's awesome these days with social media. I know just send a quick text. Um, you can do group calls, um, FaceTime, and just really making sure that people know that you're there for them and you're supporting them in all areas of life. And then basically, like, just showing appreciation that it's not just about all right, the goals and the assists. At the end of the year, we do, like, just fun team awards where it's recognizing each person, something that they bring to the team, or just a fun moment. Um, and it shows that throughout the year all these little things matter and all these little things add up to the foundation of the program and going back to that glue concept really helps us stick together shows that we're a team we're going to stand strong and stand together but since our ideas on the connection piece we start basically if you think of a cycle for college going into the summer um, have summer emails from the team where each week two or three girls it's like they're assigned week just to send an update to the team checking in on this is what's going on for the summer. These are the things that I'm enjoying doing, a little motivator for the team, and then it just rotates and tweaks. And it's nice. They're just little touch points, and it's a couple minutes to send an email, um, but it just makes us all on the same page when we're physically apart during the summer, just keeping everyone motivated and focused on what's our goal, what's our sort of end thing, and keeping people uh, motivated throughout the summer. Then going into preseason, we always do something called show and tell, where each person brings about three things just to share about themselves. It could be something about their family, something they enjoy doing, a hobby, a fast fact, and then throughout preseason a couple of days, and we'll divide the team up and everyone shares. And it's a way just to connect, find something maybe someone really enjoyed, a hobby that you're interested in well, and it's another touch point just to bring us all closer together. Then throughout the season, it's like you're daily just checking in, connecting with each other. You're seeing each other at practice. But then that next off season, there's something started called Teammate of the Week. And each week, a girl might be paired up with a teammate or two. And it's like, all right, you can just hang out, study, grab coffee, eat. But the idea is you got to be intentional about connecting, touching base, and keeping those bonds forming all throughout the year because it's sort of in the off-season when you really prepare for the season and set that foundation. And over time, I've learned the importance of just really just frequent check-ins is most important, that people want to know that you're there for them. And so we've done things for every couple of weeks. I might take maybe the freshmen, sophomores, 
my assistant might take the juniors and seniors, mm-hmm. and we just check in with them. And then it might rotate the next two weeks later. And that way, at least someone's having some one-on-one time, um, just seeing how classes are, how life is. I really think Donna Fisher, who's just an AU alum, does a lot of like leadership, team building, has been on the United Soccer Coaches Convention panels a couple times, and even asking them like questions about who do you need to connect with, how are we going to be stronger as a team, and just getting this cycle of we're connecting, but they're connecting, then it's okay, it's this big unifying purpose of we're in this mentality of we're one unit, we're one team, let's go out there, give our best, and we know what our one purpose is, going back to that like one passion, one team, one purpose philosophy. So give me a couple more examples. Yeah, from the connection part, there's always the ways of, you know, using team book studies. We've used a lot of John Gordon's books with our freshmen do training camp. There's Carpenter, um, Jeff Jansen's team captain manual, responsibility and commitment manual, Bruce Brown's Seven Laws of Leadership, just daily devotions that we pull out from the Bible. And from a connection part, even doing something, you could do it like Jersey Day or, you know, we call it even our monthly prayer calendar or each day. You pray or just connect with a different girl on the team, and everyone has a different list, so everyone should be touched base for each month by everyone on the team. And for me, I, my number is always based on their jersey number, so it's easy way for me to keep track of each day. Like, okay, today's the first day of the month. Who's number one on the team? I just reach out and pray for them. And from a commitment standpoint, what does that look like? As we talked about, you need to demonstrate from a care perspective. Commitment is the same way, where you can talk about it, but you got to show it. And to be committed, you have to have it's a daily reminder of what their why. If you talk about, hey, we want to be committed in week one and then it's midway through the season and you haven't really addressed it or just emphasized what's the importance of it, teams are likely going to fizzle out. Are you continually just walking? And we've used Jeff Jansen's commitment continuum, which helps us have a reminder of what it looks like to be committed, and then just highlighting when you see it uh, and radiating it to the team of we're caring, we're committing, and we're connecting, and then how are we commitment? What's our commitment this week? What can we do better next week? And it's the idea of you're always trying to improve and you've never arrived. I'm just trying to get better both on and off the field. We're here with Jennifer Myrie, part of our six-part series with the Faith-Based Coaches Advocacy Group. And today we're talking about team care connection and commitment. And when you take those three, team care connection and commitment, how do they tie into the X's and O's of the game, Jennifer? If you think of the soccer field itself, like you've got to have care, you got to have connection, you got to have commitment. And from a care aspect of, do you care about like the type of pass you made? Did you give a good support angle? Did you move off the ball? It's being really intentional about going above and beyond if they're just playing through the motions. Are you locked in? We all talk about like when you talk the game, you'll be in the game. So on the field, are you communicating? Do you have that extra just love and passion to? prepare in the off season um, so you can last in the game and then when like when you are prepared you'll be more engaged as well and so I think that care part from the X's and O's is the preparation just your execution on the field are you being intentional and then giving your all giving your best the idea of laying down your life to someone else you're going to do that on the field every day when you make that extra sprint when you see you're going down no one's there going to cut it back and it's like okay what's my good decision because I care about keeping possession of the ball and all those little details from a connection standpoint, you know, there's an assist stat for a reason. You just don't score a goal by yourself. There's got to have connections on the field um, to make ultimately scoring in a soccer game possible. Are you connecting your passes? Are you going out and communicating, encouraging, just moving as a unit? We talk about are you pressing together? What's your connection like there? And 
they're really staying strong on the field and connecting all the little things. And then it goes from the soccer side to the bigger perspective as well. And then from a commitment area, the idea is, you know, from the X's and O's, are you committed to our game plan? Are you committed to play to the end? Are you committed to make that recovery wrong or the second effort? Little things of commitment to showing up to train. Like, are you committed to just giving your best, going all in if it's a hard session fitness-wise? Or even just finishing a drill. Are you going to finish it when it's right? Or are you going to finish it, oh, just when the practice time is over? And I think with this type of commitment, when people are able to go above and beyond, when they stay after and help each other work on a certain you know, skill or drill, these build layers of trust, and then the trust spurs on like a relentless team uh, who's going to fight to the end that's going to have lasting impact, as we talk about, is just it's more than the game itself. And finally, as we wrap up here in our final couple minutes, and we really appreciate you talking, Jennifer Myrie, about team care, connection, and commitment, that connection and commitment you've had with United Soccer Coaches for quite some time, what has the organization and then also as a part of that, the Faith-Based Coaches Advocacy Group meant to you and your development? Yeah, I've been blessed to be a part of it right after college, experiencing convention and coaching courses. And I think if you look at these three C's, I mean, I think that's the glue that helps the United Soccer Coaches Association just be who they are and to be an impact. They, they truly care about the game. They care about learning and development. Um, they care about people. And with this faith-based advocacy group, it's been awesome just to have another group where we're like, right, we care about our faith, we care about soccer, um, and just to bring us all together. Um, and going to connection, um, that's what, you know, different convention, different coaching courses, it provides an opportunity for us to connect, to, to share, um, and to grow as fellow coaches. They're committed to growing the game and the growing coaches in itself. And so I think clearly I've been impressed with what the United Soccer Coaches Association has offered and allowed um, just me personally as a growth as a coach and then just the connection, the opportunity to continue growing. We always want to learn and develop um, just as we want our players to, and it's a great way to get involved and continue our soccer journey. Jennifer Myrie, head women's soccer coach, senior women's administrator, assistant AD, Anderson University in the great state of Indiana. Great time talking about team care, connection, and commitment part four. Of course, next week we'll have Rick McKinley, who is the director for the Chicago Eagles, Missionary Athlete International, as he talks about sport ministry. Jennifer Myrie, a pleasure having you on. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dean. Really appreciate it. And thanks to our other guests, Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, Sean Soderling with Soccer Chat and doing the coaches' calls during this tough time, and Bobby Papioni, who is the Girls' Academy Director for the St. James FC Virginia Soccer Club. I also want to thank Michael Knipper, Sean Chevro, and all the great folks. And I want to thank you. Stay safe out there. I'm Dean Linky. Really appreciate you listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. <laughs>